This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Squeaky Brakes Limited. Here at Squeaky Brakes Limited, we fix squeaky brakes and squeaky brakes just. Oil change? Take that shit to someone else. Brake squeaking? We've got you covered. Our two professionals will analyze the problem, pinpoint the squeak, and apply anti-squeak to de-squeak your wheels. Cars, bikes, tractors, if the wheels are a-squeakin', we are a-fixin'. What about a top-off on your wiper fluid? That's not a squeaky brake, stupid! Here at Squeaky Brakes Limited, we fix squeaky brakes and Squeaky Brakes Just, the only trusted brand in Squeaky Brakes. Jeff at Only Squeaky Brakes had an affair with my wife. Tires a little flat, not our problem. At Squeaky Brakes Limited, we fix Squeaky Brakes and Squeaky Brakes Just. Come on down today. Welcome to another Road Soda. Batten down the hatch and prepare for your 86th. I remember when I drank my 86th Road Soda, Greg. And on this episode, we talk about the world's most unlucky man. And don't tip the TriMet Barber of Portland. I'm Isaiah Cooper. With me is Greg McGinnis. You are about to get 86th and not in the bad way. And we talk about two legends. One about... An island of cocaine, the other, something I would trade that for. No, Greg, Welcome. last night I was uh, 86ing my wife in an island of cocaine, and let me tell you, I highly recommend it. Well, so let's slide right into that. Slide on into that? an 86. Have you ever heard that verb to get 86? Greg, let's 86 this segment. Bam. That's Boom. That's exactly right. I have. Uh, that, yes. 86 so, is, is a Navy term. For overboarding something. Nice. What I found online is that the term 86 comes from a very famous bar in New York, Chumley's. During Prohibition, this bar had two entrances. Mm -hmm. One was the front, one was the back. The back entrance was, and still is actually, it's not a bar anymore. It's like a fancy hoity-toity little 10-table restaurant or whatever on 86 Bedford Street. So pre-Prohibition, or during Prohibition, I'm sorry the cops would call ahead because they'd always pay off a cop to call them and say, hey, 86, everyone, meaning the cops are coming through the front, get their asses out the back, the 86 door. Ah. And since then, 86 has been taken on by the Navy and by the whatever. Yeah. There's a million connotations. It always means kill something, get rid of it. But that may yeah. have been... The reason where the number the came from. Yeah, why, why so specifically 86? Why not 85? What about 56, huh? How about a good 56? 56 doesn't mean anything. We know that. I'm using, a 50, I'm using 56. <laughs> so what do we? What else we got for 86? Was it, was it a decade or something? So 86 was an important year for me. That was the... I started the year 86 in fifth grade. And ended it in not a virgin. Grade. And ended it... Virgin for probably another decade plus. <laughs> but you mean you didn't, lose your, you didn't lose your virginity in fifth grade? Not in fifth grade, no. Because I, I was not. the only one. 
There you go. <laughs> and I hope they caught that son of a bitch because it's really his fuck you up, but that's another story. I still cry. <laughs> so I wanted to do a couple of things about 86. 86, there were two specific things for me that I think of when I think of 1986. And again, fifth and sixth grade, your mind is in, you know, your formative years in a very childlike it, arena of life. It wafts gently between cartoons and, and sex. Not much See, different than now. I could not have been any less sexual until like ninth grade. Ninth grade is probably when I really started, you know, being this the nonstop sexual creature that you know me as today. Right. But so this is years before that. So in the beginning of 1986, big deal, January 28th, Krista McAuliffe. Do you know who Krista McAuliffe is? No, who's that? She was a New Hampshire school teacher that won a competition of sorts with NASA. She was going to become the first civilian to go up into space. I know. She was a New Hampshire school teacher. So He starts with the school teacher. This was a big deal because I was in fifth grade in Salem, Massachusetts. You know, I don't know, 50 miles from where she taught school as the crow flies. So it was a big deal. All the school kids had it on. This thing was on a Tuesday morning. 11, like 25, 11.35 in the morning, the Challenger space shuttle goes up with Krista McAuliffe. They're showing it on live TV. And this is before CNN and fucking headline news and a million, uh, you know, all those asshole people that are on the fucking news all the time. Those beautiful, vapid, useless fucking people Mm -hmm. constantly telling us how to experience it. This just in, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, but we're going to show you pictures Let's go to someone that's there. Let's see Claire's new dress. Her tits are very parsed <laughs> up and uh, who gives a shit what she's saying out there. I'm and then saying. there's shit running on the bottom of the screen, text telling us further, you know. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any of that. You're just watching the Challenger. There was like the news guy was, uh, you know, whatever news channel you were watching on. But it was on all networks. So they wheeled the TV Walter in. Walter Cronkite. Those, well, maybe actually. <laughs> they wheeled the little metal card in with the TV into our classroom. It goes and then a minute into it fucking... Bam! That fucking thing exploded. All like, right, kids. It's bam. over. <laughs> Wheel the TV out. The TV, the teachers were all sad. It was weird because we were kids. I was in fifth grade. I'm sure older people probably had a much stronger reaction to it. I don't remember being like particularly sad. I just remember being like, whoa. Like, And then it takes a minute for you to realize that there were people inside that. Yeah. You were so detached from it because you're watching a rocket go up in space. Not thinking about the five or four or five people that were in it, but... Yeah, that fucking thing blew big time. It did. I, I've seen the, uh, I, you know, I've seen the footage before on old like news feeds and stuff, and it's interesting. It just made me think of I had a very similar experience. You know, you're talking about wheeling the TV and everything. In the same age, uh, same grade, I was in fifth grade, and they wheeled the TV in to see one of the twin towers on fire. And it's all live and everything. No shit. And they got the TV in, and the kids, we got to be watching this. History is being made. Like this is crazy shit. We have to make sure things are okay. And they got it on. And here comes the second plane. And they're like, "All right, kid, turn that off. We eat, we we. Let's wheel this on the out." First plane. See, I don't think it got second. interesting until the second plane. It was hit. the second plane. It was the, just nothing. Nothing happened. It was the first plane had already hit. They wheeled it in. The thing's smoking because shit's happening. And then while we're watching it, the second plane hit. Yeah. That's crazy, because I remember, so now I'm going to tell you well, my... Before the first plane hit, there was the, why would anybody be filming the Twin Towers? Look at the about? Twin Towers. It's hey, so hey, great. <laughs> no, but when the first plane hit, I remember I was working at Sears as a bill collector, and I lived like a mile down the street, and I biked to work. So I'm tying my shoes, getting ready to go to work at like 8.58 or whatever the fuck time it was, and I'm just about to shut my TV off, and I'm seeing the news saying, a guy hit the fucking World Trade Center. I'm like, 
How fucking stupid is a guy that doesn't see the fucking Twin Towers? They got lights on it for crying out loud. Yeah, it's like the middle of the fucking day. I shut the TV off. I run downstairs. I bike into work. It's like a minute and a half, three minute bike ride, whatever. Swipe my little card. I had to be in by seven past or I was late. So I was very good at being in by like 9.05, 9.06. I drop my stuff. I go into the cafeteria, get myself my coffee. I go to the register to pay. And the guy was just like dumbfounded staring at the TV. And I'm like, what, man? And then I go... Holy fuck, a second plane. Now, oh, these twin towers are really becoming a problem. Real. That's when shit got real. The first one, you think it's an accident. Could have been anything. The second one, you're like, fucking A. And I was in a place with like 300 people in this big open call center. Anytime you're with big groups of people, like they're always like, they're coming for us next. There's 300 of us here. They're going to come get this next. It was fucking, people were scared. Everybody, they were like, all right, nobody's on the phone because you're not going to, we were bill collectors. You're not going to got anyone on the phone that's not going to be looking at the TV. We all filed into like the cafeterias and then they were like, all right, everyone's going home. We were home by like 10.30. A buddy of mine it's a worked at the Boston World Trade Center and he said it was fucking bedlam, dude. Like they, every, I'm sure every skyscraper anywhere in America drained the fuck out. Oh yeah, like absolutely. Even in Jacksonville. And we bust his chops all the time because he had an incident that he confessed to later where he saw a lady with like a headdress on coming out of the building with him. And he got all worked up, and he was like, what's in the bag? She had, like, a fucking paper shopping bag. And he, like, grabbed her bag, and then even in the commotion, the dude was like, dude, what the fuck, man? Just leave her the fuck alone. Yeah. Wow. People just... That was, like, immediately after, too. Of course. You know? Yeah, dude, people... Gets... But now that's that's 2001. Flashing back to 86. Tragic. Not not quite the same, but, you know, it was sad. It is tragic. Some people right? died. They should I, never have sent that teacher into space. She didn't know what she was doing up there. She blew the whole thing up. In retrospect, I don't think anyone would disagree with that assessment. <laughs> Has a teacher been back in space since? I rest my case. Another disaster happened to the Boston Red Sox in 1986. They had not won a World Series since Babe Ruth was gone. 1986, they get into the World Series. They've got a commanding lead in Game 6. Game should be over. Late in the game, the Mets get a few hits. This is now we're in the 10th inning. The game is tied. This guy's on base. A ball gets hit to the first baseman, Bill Buckner. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Hell no. This was like a brutal, brutal fucking play. He, he's going to feel that at first. It's a simple fucking ball. But he's an old guy now. He started playing in 1969. Wow. Now it's 1986. His knees, his ankles, everything's all fucked. This he is like his last pitch. He did, well, he, no, he played for a few more years, but... In, like, much more limited roles. He was already, like... They were already, like, why wouldn't they... In earlier games in the series, they had taken him out this late to put in the younger, better defensive guy. But it's the World Series. Nobody knows how to fucking do things. So, anyway, the guy doesn't get his glove down enough. The ball goes right under his glove. So, the guy from fucking second comes around to score. Game six of the World Series ends on that play. And if you see the ball, it was so slowly hit. A fucking Little League kid doesn't fuck that play up. And he lost game six of the World Series. The Red Sox... If they win that, they win the World Series. Now it goes to Game 7. They lose that one, too. The Mets win. The Red Sox didn't win another World Series for 18 years. So from 1918, I think, to 86, all the hopes are on it. He fucks that up another 20 years ago. So Bill Buckner was, like, vilified. You know what I mean? He was mm-hmm. just like... I think a lot of people were like... You choked, you motherfucker! You couldn't choke any fucking harder. You couldn't dude. choke any harder. so fucking bad. Get him off the fucking people, team. People like to think the game was over because he was like, he was super psyched. Like, oh, you know, if you watch the footage, you're almost like, oh, if they make this play, they're going to win. It's a very subtle thing, but he's like, yeah, we got it. But it was just going to stop that inning. They still had to score to win. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was that, like, right. but they lost immediately. Like, the guys from the Mets, they were like, holy fucking shit, that play. All right, 86 this.
I stop at a light. I look around. Life is happening. It's all there. I look in the rear view. Can't believe this thing has that much room at this gas mileage. The all-new Lincoln Navigator. Yeah, that was it. That was the, the 86 World Series, a big deal. What was the top TV show in 1986? Cheers. We're speaking of villains. This guy has recently become a big villain for... The Apprentice. Having sex with women that he drugged. Woody Allen. The Cause. The Cosby oh. Show was the number one show in 1986. And I remember being at such show. Too. It was a big show. People loved it. It was very wholesome. He's a black doctor. His wife was like, you know, that hold up the family wife. The kids were all real good. They had, you know, the older son. Lived in Crown Heights, little, Brooklyn. It's a beautiful area. It was very nice. The little shot in the beginning was of the brownstone and the little... That was the, so. That's where you're at. 1986. That was by far the biggest show, uh, biggest, the best picture in 1986. You know, Blazing Saddles, Out of Africa. Mm. Mm-hmm. You, you, I'm sure you've never Is seen that. Is that that movie by Toto? That's a song called Africa, where he believe he says. Totally unrelated. Are you sure? This is a movie with Robert Redford and Meryl Streep. You remember recently, when I was just watching this, I was like, wow, this would have played a lot different now. That dentist that shot a lion or whatever, how vilified that guy was in 2017. What's a dentist shooting a lion for? Do you remember that guy, though? No. You don't? He got a lot of fucking hate because he shot some animal. He was like a big game hunter. And then it, it just caught wind on fucking... The internet. And he just I hear a lot of, yeah, there's every, every once in a while I'll be listening to something and they're talking about somebody else who shot an animal, but it's all the same thing. Like a guy shoots an animal, he takes pictures of him, put it on, but he had to like buy special tags for it. They have to do certain culling of certain animals because like they're overpopulated. So there is a certain amount that they want to kill. They have to, right. to keep the balance ecosystem. That's what the guy was doing. He had the money to do it. Everyone sees it, doesn't understand that. So it's like, I don't pay attention because it happens so fucking much. Well, there's always like, oh, did you see he killed that buffalo? Did you see he killed that lion? It's like. Did you see he killed that elephant? There's one, an elephant. It's like, yeah, there's also too many bull elephants in that area, and they're killing the offspring. It's interesting if they go, he killed an elephant with his bare hands. That's right. That's something I whiz that article. He took that fucking, that big long snout, he wrapped around his neck, and he just fucking... That elephant was about to run rampant on a bunch of inner city kids, and I had to intervene, rolled up my sleeves, did what I had to do. You're welcome. This movie is about... dinner? Robert Redford is a big game hunter in Africa. Meryl Streep is like the baroness... Her husband, who's like a dickless, you know, doesn't give a shit about her, German, South African guy. I think they're in Kenya, though. He owns the big ranch, and she's, you know, bottled up by her fucking money. Robert Redford is shooting lions. Several times, just in the trailer, they show a lion running at people, and they're like, it's either us or that. So much. This is the best picture that you... They clearly were like, shoot the fuck out of that lion. We Mm -hmm. want to see it. The man... Kill the man-eater. Robert Redford, was he much, much bigger? Because he's still... yeah. Yeah. He was way big, dude, in the 80s, 70s, 80s. He was like that, you know, Robert Redford, Paul Newman, they were like those super celebrity, like, you know, not the young girls so much, but like the, any girl over 30 or whatever type of heartthrob. You know, there's still a certain, like the, like the George Clooney. Right. I would say Robert Redford had a, his George Clooney window for sure, where he was just every big, and I bet you in 86, that was the deal. You know, just it was just a different time. It was a simpler time in America. People had simpler taste. There was no internet. That's something actually. I want to. We'll see if we got time for it. I want to give you my little pre-internet speeches. Looking at 1986, what was what was the top song in 1986? 
Uh, Africa by Toto. Fucking sucked. That's what Friends Are For. Which, by ready for Ma- this? Ready for this? Matchbox this, 20? No, it was a group. It was a, uh, it was a collective. Dion Warwick, Gladys Knight, Stevie Wonder, and Elton John. Mm. It's like probably the worst fucking song. Seems like the 80s ever. was was the year of dream teams. <laughs> Wasn't it? It was like they just kept they would just that was like they got all hot up and hot and bothered on putting together like these all-star teams of people like for that. You know, you did the the song with we Michael Jackson. We did We Are the World. And you got this song. Yeah, wasn't the dream team for the Olympics actually back in the 80s? Yes. Yeah. Definitely in the 80s they were big on 86 up. this next. We got an Olympic thing coming. It was the 86 Olympics. No 86 Olympics. What, the, last, the last thing I want to mention about 1986, and we can 86 the whole 86 thing, is the WTF episode 86 took place on June 28th, 2010. Mm-hmm. Not a very memorable episode. It was uh, Mark Marin gets on stage to play guitar. That's kind of become a big thing in his show now. Oh, yeah. At uh, Bring the Rock, San Francisco. But at 85, in that Do you same listen, week... Are you fans of that when he, do, when he gets up there and he plays his guitar? Do you listen to those? Um, well, you know, how it actually works out is at the end of the episode, he plays like a dozen bars of guitar at the end of most episodes. That's it. So it's like, man. Is he singing too or is he just stroking it? No, no singing. He, okay. But every once in a while, I think he does go on stage. I don't know if he ever sang, actually. That's interesting. He might have. Mm-hmm. But he's a, definitely a serviceable guitarist, you know? Okay. And it's not like a big deal thing. He just, why not? He's got his fucking outro. I it's, got your ears here, motherfucker. Yeah. He used to do. He's had some iconic shit over the years. Like he did this free sponsorship for this coffee, uh, whatever it was called. It was some like organic small roast, fucking small batch, artisanal, blah blah. blah. But he used to drink his ad that he did was he took a sip and he go, bam! I just shit my pants. Like that was the ad. It was very at first it was off putting, and then it just becomes something he's done, you know. And he did it for a really long time, which I thought was funny. And I don't think he did it for any money or whatever. It was just almost like his version of a fake ad. Right. And he did that coffee thing forever. Now he's he too big. He doesn't know the first thing about fucking fake Now ads. he's too big for it. Now he's, you know, he's had Obama in the fucking studio and all that shit and he's, you know, he's done a thousand episodes on mm-hmm. This is episode 86. 85 was July 1st, 2010. So just three days later. He does a Monday and a Thursday. So that was the Thursday before this Monday one, I guess. He did, uh, he had Dane Cook on mm-hmm. back in 2010. Right. Which it is, is interesting. It was a while back. It was a while back. That was probably right when he was probably in some hard times. Maybe he was coming, just coming I, back. I think he was coming back. No, that's when he was that. If it was 2010, I had just that was probably just after Sufi. That whole fucking thing came out. 2010 was I just, Sufi Superfinger. That was like the last. That, I was thinking about this after our Dane Cook thing. Where where did I lose it for Dane Cook? And it was around his last special where he came out with this Sufi thing. There was bumper stickers with this super finger, the whole joke that he did. I was like, that's, you know, I do remember. That's where he lost, like, it, it, it like, he, that joke. Got be, too commercialized. Got too commercial, like, he was trying to create, like, a collective of people and everyone was trying to be like a, it's like, I think you're very funny, but I don't see you as a leader from, like, that I want to follow for something. And you're fucking hilarious, like, one of the, I'm very inspired by your shit. But now it's like that direction. It's like the th- thing with George Carlin. Are you preaching to me or are you trying to tell fucking jokes? Like, make up your goddamn mind. And there's two camps. To... Some people that tightens the thing with him and a lot of people yeah. are like, nah, just, ah. that's not what I wanted. Just here for the laugh, dude. I don't want... I don't, I'm so not he, here you're for saying he was on top of the world back then in 2010. I definitely think it was started to get on the downside because he started going that direction okay. of like trying to create a collective. Is that movie. like the year his parents died and all that shit happened? I think it might have been even after. 
So, so 2010, I, I graduated in 2009. I was in college in 2010. And uh, he was a huge all through when I was in high school. So okay. his parents didn't die till maybe 2012. Okay. 2013. That was kind of when he bottomed out. 2000, whenever that was. Right? I, yeah, it was. He had already. It was already like he started getting. He started losing it at the Sufi thing. That's when people started turning their backs on him. The movies had a big deal too. Movies just yeah, where people weren't. But it all goes together. You're absolutely right. right. The level of his fame starts to affect mm-hmm. in a big way. So it that was, was that was yeah. back in 2010. I mean, WTF's been around for a long time, man. The entire up and down. We're coming for you, motherfucker. Coming for you, motherfucker. And now, Greg, a word from our sponsors. Silicolin is the number one doctor recommended stool coagulant. Polymers invented by the world renowned Dr. Koshi Kolanapi bind the matter in your large intestines so that your movements require virtually no cleanup. Originally developed to treat anal seepage, silicolin is for anyone who desires spotless underwear and a streak-free toilet bowl. Side effects may include acute anal seepage, upset stomach, bunions, spina bifida, night terrors, night sweats, terror sweats, and a loss of sexual identity. If you are experiencing more than five seizures a day, stop use immediately. Leave toilet paper behind. Ask your doctor if silicolin is right for you. Silicolin, a Popco brand. Greg, hot, pressed off the press, hot, hot, hot news, piping hot news. Do you see that that family in the House of Horrors case finally got convicted? I do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. What was the House of Horrors case? Sounds horrific. Uh, it's pretty horrible, if you would. Uh, it's not your regular, it's not your average Halloween fun time. Is this like murder horror or like sex crime horror? Well, you know, little column A, little column B. Yikes. We like to mix everything in the House of Horrors. The Turpin family, a family of, uh, if you could see a picture here, I have a picture. Uh, I'm going to turn this a little bit I for you. I can see him. Yeah, that's uh, you got a mom and a dad, and as you can see, they're all wearing Thing shirts. You know, like Thing one and two from from the uh, Adam's ha- from the Cat in the Hat. Okay. And uh, they got a, they go up to twelve. They got thirteen kids, and what happened was, one of them, one of the kids, the seventeenth kid, uh, a seventeen year old kid, somewhere in the middle, girl, she escaped out the window. Why did she escape? Well, because they had her these kids chained up all 13 of their kids actually 12 of them I don't know where the 13th one was they didn't they don't mention it maybe yeah you know and uh, they had 12 of their kids all living with them and they were all like chained up in the house and like restrained and abused one of the kids escapes calls the cops and the co- and the kids like I've never been out my whole life and uh, the, the cops were like where are you? They, she gets to the fire. They come to the house. And when they open the door, when they come to the front door, the parents are trying to unchain some kids that they got, like, chained to the couch in the living room. And, uh, dude, this this fucking psycho family. When it, I, I'll show you pictures of... Jesus. I'll show you pictures of these people. Where was this? In California? Uh, they, yeah, they got arrested in, like, Riverside, like, that area of California, you know, like, L.A. and whatnot. And they, um... Uh, let's see. It's the house... The, the husband and the wife were doing this. She was complicit in this. That's fucked up. She would have all those kids so that they could do this. They, they do, the the 22-year-old son was in the bedroom, chained to his bed for the past, like, six years. 
I guess he, and they would get in trouble and they would have to get chained up and how they would get in trouble. One of the things, one of the parameters, they're not, they were only allowed to shower once a year. No more than once a year could you shower in this household. And if you wash your hands up past your fucking wrist, you bet your ass you're getting chained to the fucking bed. What the fuck? <laughs> House of Horrors. Now, when you see a picture of this guy, you're, there's going to be no doubt in your mind that he's chaining children to beds, all right? Him and his fucking... Look at this. Look at this thing. When you see that guy? He's got like this old, like, uh, 1400s squire horseboy haircut. And yes, sir. I've unchained the horses, sir. Wow. And then uh, his wife looks like a, a witch. I mean, it's so pretty much this, the only way to explain it. Was this it. something that started like 10 years ago? Or like since the first kid they've been doing this shit? I guess it slowly happened... Okay. It slowly happened over time. I guess, and they moved a couple different times. So it didn't really escalate so much until they got to California. Once they got to California, then it was really cranked up. These two fuck-offs now have a life, but they have chance for parole, which is fucking... Dude, none of... Also, there so should be... So they didn't be, kill any of the kids? I don't believe they did. They, they had 13 kids, 12 of them were there. Maybe the 13th one was, like, able to move out and move away before this shit started and just wasn't aware of everything that was happening. All right, we've chained you to the bed and raped you. You're 22 now, so All right, go the keys to figure the it out. You get it. That's I was telling this story to my brother-in-law, and he was like, these kids, uh, not for nothing, but they should, like, really, they, they sh maybe shouldn't have families at this point. Like, they need to, like, well, all maybe, be, like... Maybe. It was so funny. One of the articles, one of the articles... <laughs> one of the fuck, maybe? One of the... One of the headlines to the articles was, I still have nightmares, quote, from 11-year-old 11, 11 so-and-so. And I was like, hey, honey, you're probably going to be having nightmares for a while. Like, it's not... Uh, that's, that's... Look, you're going to have to... As long as you're not living the nightmare anymore, you're going to have to... Uh, so wait, was there sex abuse? They didn't kill anyone, but there's... Definitely sex abuse. Involved. Definitely sex abuse oh, yeah. with their own kids. Jesus yeah, Christ. And uh, dirty, gross... No one's allowed to, only had to shower once every year. But dude, just look at this Mormon nightmare of a family. Like, house fucking in the hills. They blacked out all the kids' faces, so they're not even letting you know who the kids are so that they can have some hope of integrating uh -huh. with society somewhere. Yeah. Not gonna happen. Guess what? They're all gonna be pretty fucked up from what I'm We hearing. should keep a tracker on, uh, we should keep a Google alert on every one of the kids and like have, a, have bets on when they're gonna start getting arrested for shit. Or maybe not. That's a little dark. <laughs> Next up in the news, if you find yourself in Portland, do not tip the Tri-Met Barber. Portland, Oregon? Portland, Oregon. The only fucking place where anything this fucking stupid would, would happen and go on long enough to make it. So for the first time in Portland history, a man has been lifetime banned from the Tri-Met system like uh, uh from public transit in the trimet which and he's banned for uh for multiple counts and multiple cases of dick out dick out cutting hair jizzing in hair gluing it to the window uh like he he what his thing that's why i call him the trimet barber is cutting ladies hairs and just beating it on the bus well, it's not an actual licensed barber in the state of oregon i don't believe so <laughs> definitely not um the barber, because he cuts people's hair on a bus, jizzes on it. He likes to glue it to things, like to his forehead. Glue it or jizz it? You know. I mean, because jizz does have, as you may or may not know, some 
Actually, no, driver, driver, you don't get it. No, it's not. You can't stop here. I haven't worked out the jizz to stick this hair on the window. No, but it is, it's, I mean, it is jizz, but it's glue. I swear. It could be, I guess, suppose you could fill up like a little jar. Maybe, with yeah. With jizz and then two fingers. With a little brush. Or is he actually creating the jizz on the bus side? I don't know if it's like a... I know, honey, 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 it's got to be fresh, okay? It's not going to, it's never going to stick that way. This is... It's yeah, and the, and the 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 quote from the judge was like, "This is a very difficult decision." And after a long, hard thought about, it, it's like, dude, the first that should be the um, it's a, it's because it's fucking Portland that these cases are happening. There's a guy, this is like the second or third rung down. There's just a guy who does it ten times more, but just doesn't get caught because he's better at it. Like, it's it, how keep, do you not get caught doing keep, that? Keep cutting Portland. someone's hair on a bus is not. It's keep Portland weird. Oh, it's just the TriMet barber. Keep right? Portland weird. It's just a yeah. It's, it's a lady just, with fucking half of her bob missing. Oh my god! I was gonna I was gonna cut my bangs anyway. I was gonna do with a new like this undercut. That's what they call it. Where the ladies lift up their hair and they shave up underneath. It's called an undercut. Oh, thank you. I was gonna the it's it the fact that this guy had to be caught and arrested and uh, uh, charged with this like these sexual battery things so many times before they're like. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't let this guy back on the fucking bus. Like, it's because it's Portland, dude. And they're like, ah, you know, he just likes to jack off. What's wrong with jacking off? How are they going to stop him from a bus, though? I mean, if it's the same bus over they got and over, cameras. the bus driver can throw him off. Right. They got cameras. They got... Dude, if he's the first and only person that's ever been banned, they can slap his picture up in every fucking bus. Don't let this guy on the bus. He's the only... He's only one guy. I guess they could do that. They could actually have a picture. But they have cameras and stuff on there. And they have, like, you know, when, when people are getting on the bus. Which is good for, like, after the fact right. to get a bus. But, you but it's not going to stop haircutting and jizzing. Right. I mean, dude, when I was in Portland, it's like all those places you just sneak. They're, they're, they're so loose. It's like they encourage you. It's like a pay-if-you-can kind of thing because you get these passes for all day. So you just look around for a fucking pass for a day pass and you get on and you just flash it really quick. You think the that's it, the 45 cents is what's if they charge everyone 45 cents? What do you mean? To ride the bus and didn't have free passes, this type of thing wouldn't happen? There the isn't bus. free passes. There isn't free passes. It's just the way they do it. It's like they encourage you to steal it. Like they, because it's like you get the, they print out colored passes per the day and they have like a, a certain color for each day, but also a certain date. So you have to double, there's two, two things to check. So you can't copy them. So people save them up because you can flash the color, but it's got a different day on it. And they know it's not the day, but they know what the fuck you're doing. They're doing that all day. They're driving. So when you come on the bus, See, yeah, and that you doesn't show, sound like a bad hand, thing to me. That sounds like it's not. It helps. It's great, and, and you know that's why they do it. They know it's like most people are gonna pay, but at the same time, the bus is going that way anyway. Just get another fucking body on there. Who gives a shit, right? Right. So it's it's um, just for the record, it sounded like you were villain. Like this policy needs to stop, or people are gonna be cutting hair and jizzing no. on the bus. Ah, uh, no, dude. I, I think it's great. I think public transit needs to be more accessible like that. It's great, but it also is like. Figure out a way to make it accessible, but also, like, come on, dude. Put if a guy's, fucking guys like that in jail. If a guy's fucking jerking it into someone's hair, it's like, now people don't... I don't want to ride the fucking bus if someone will worry about someone jizzing on me. Fuck that, dude. It's bad enough in New York City, you got a bum who shits in the hobo... I would have to know what they were wearing to see if they were asking for it or not, but it sounds like in this case... You were asking for it, Greg. That's not a... <laughs> that's not a... That's not something we say in 2019. Uh, but, uh, Your Honor, she was asking for it. She was asking for a haircut and a gluing on the bus. As I just, I'm just saying, let's let's just hear his side of it. Greg sent me this fucking video. Let me tell you something about this video, Greg. Let me stop here real quick. I was at work, and I sit around a couple of guys who are, you know, we're, we're friends, we're good friends. And uh, one, one of the guys, he's always asking, have you seen these videos, right? I've seen most of them. 
He goes, hey, have you seen that video? Of oh, he's gym? one of those guys. He's always trying to show you a video. It's just trying to, yeah, I like that because I like most videos. But he goes, have you seen the video of the gymnast? Now, I have not seen the video of the gymnast. Now, me saying that, everyone knows. If you've seen the video of the gymnast. Samantha Serio. if you've seen anything on the internet, then you already know what was going. Because I didn't see it. He said, have you seen the video of the gymnast and I knew I hadn't seen it but I already knew what it fucking was I was like no I have not seen it and I don't want to see it come on you got to watch it I refused to watch it he tried texting me it trying to force me to watch he sent me clips (laughs) he sent me pictures of it to my email so I opened it up I just saw pictures of it and then the guy that sits on the other side of me and I said have you seen the gymnast video and he said yeah I have nightmares and I'm like why the fuck am I gonna watch it's a video of exactly what you think it is this bitch gets a fucking bird leg. Bird legs. She goes complete bird legs. It's very difficult to watch, for sure. I had I not heard anything. No I had not heard any of that shit. That's so weird. I just saw... The first thing I heard of it was this article I saw on CBS News that came out on, like, last week. I just saw it yesterday. And it says, Gymnast who injured legs pleads for people to stop sharing the video. Why? My pain is not your entertainment. <laughs> I don't know. That is always the absolute opposite to turn up the fire yeah she's i mean look i'm a nice guy you know me immediately when i read that i went i gotta fucking see I'm gonna this tw- shit. I'm gonna of tweet, course yeah. i never would have fucking you know so i tweeted not the not the breaking leg because i think that'd be in poor taste once the girl's out there saying it obviously you're gonna look mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna fucking you know propagate i wouldn't have propagated it maybe i would have maybe her saying that people that are not assholes will be like all right i'm gonna watch it but i'm not gonna retweet it or or send it out there. You know? It's it. got to be very painful. Both of those legs, the way they broke, I mean... That, so perfectly, so simultaneous, so... Right under the knee. That looks like a really hard place bird, to break she, Yeah, she, def- she got full bird-legged, which is never good. And I love when the video starts, the guy's like, he's like an aerospace engineer. Let's see how high she can fly. <laughs> and then when she lands, and then when she fucking lands, the first thing he says was, oh, I think she's hurt. <laughs> yeah, he actually says, I think she's hurt. I wonder if it was her ankle. And it's like... <laughs> Clearly, you were not looking at the cameras, motherfucker, because that's not her ankle. That's oh, what, ha- what happened? Is that a... But she... it, it's got a happy ending because... Oh, yeah? She was carted off after 10 minutes, recovered. She's recovering after having surgery. This just happened not too far back. Serio, who hails from North Carolina, earned all SEC honors in 2017 and 18. She announced earlier this week she's retiring from the sport. Aww. Big surprise. <laughs> when she graduates in May, Serio has a job lined up in Seattle already with Boeing, where she will be working on rockets as a structural design analysis Structural. Engineer. They're like, I don't know if we want to, you know, get you in the structural support area. I don't know if that's such a good idea. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, did you see that? I think there'll be a lot of snickering when she gets the job. Hey, structural support. <laughs> hey. Could have used some structural support uh, back in 2019. Hey, wheels. We need you in here for some structural <laughs> support. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll bring it over to Samantha and kick it around. Ah, giddy up. This guy in Australia, did you see he, the guy that got wrongly convicted of murder, spent 12 years in prison. He was in L.A., last week he got killed in a hit and run <laughs> really how long was he out like how long before they let him out before he got hit did he get some time i believe it was yeah he i definitely i hope he binge watched the entire mad men breaking bad and sopranos breaking bad and sopranos and i was halfway through sopranos and all i have left is a few more game of thrones and oh my god i didn't see that i just gotta i gotta stop streaming in the middle of the street he was um 
Let's see. He was wrongly jailed for more than a decade. Years later, he died in a hit run. So yeah, he had a couple years. He had a couple years to uh, get in The Sopranos and Game of Thrones. You know, the get chances of that, though, you know, they multiply the odds. Like the yeah. odds of you being wrongfully accused for murder multiplied by the odds of you being killed in, in a hit run. run. That's like Powerball fucking Powerball, echelon yeah. numbers. With the luckiest guy in the world. Well, the most <laughs> converse to the luckiest guy in the world. Andrew Mallard spent more than a decade in prison. 56-year-old Australian had been free for 13 years and was engaged to a woman in Los Angeles when he was killed in a hit-and-run crash Thursday. I mean, that guy was just a real scumbag, you know? Like, And I'm looking at this picture. He does have the eye of Ra hanging around his neck on a gold chain, so... You probably have some weird fucking life theories when bad shit like that happens to you before the hit-and-run. And I only hope in effigy they pick some random person and arrest them for the hit-and-run... To keep the legacy going. Keep the, we have to pass this fucking I, We know you weren't even in L.A., but you're going to jail for 12 years. Right. <laughs> Get the fucking raw necklace now. We're giving you the Andrew Mallard, as we are now calling it. The Andrew Mallard Award, which comes with a 12-year life sentence for a crime you did not commit. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors! When I think Lincoln, I get behind the wheel, and I look in the rear view. I'm ready for John Wilkes Booth to take his best shot. The all-new Lincoln Navigator. Millennial Book Club. Millennial Book Club. Glennial Book Club, and that's the segment we're in right now. The Millennial Book Club, everybody, where we just fucking watch Netflix. We choose a Netflix original show, we watch it over the week, and you come back for the next episode to discuss. This assignment was The Legend of Cocaine Island, and spoiler alert for everything we do, we expect you to do your homework. So here we are, we're going to uh, be talking about, so if you don't care about the spoiling, continue. We're just talking about the legend of Cocaine Island. Totally not what I expected this was going to be. Remember, I, I thought it was going to be like a mockumentary thing. Yeah, you were thinking it was going to be like Scandal. Like where they just, because it says if you Yeah, read, yes, I would say that that would be an accurate depiction. I thought it was going to be like a joke. Like a fake one, like the, the, that dog show, like Best in Show. Well, that was more like a movie. More like a movie. I think Scandal was... That, is that the mm -hmm. one where the dicks got painted on the cars? Yeah, because yeah. that was... American Scandal. American, American Scandal. Vandal. American Vandal? Yeah. Yeah. Because they were talking about. We, it was like one of our first Millennial Book Club things, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, because that one was a documentary. That was a movie that was made to look like a real documentary, whereas The Best in Show was... You knew it was, a you know, obviously a movie the whole time. But that... Um, I'll tell you why too why I thought that and what did remain true watching this was that the documentary filmmaker that made this was not a documentarian it was clearly a kid that or a guy that wanted to make a movie mm -hmm. and came across this and thought it was unique and original and just made it because he made it much more now like a movie maker than like a documentarian well what, how do you well did you look up other, some of the other stuff he's done no I mean if he just does documentaries I mean that's just I thought this was a brilliant fucking way to shoot a documentary. Like, this is such a great... 
Like, because documentaries are all shot the fucking same. How do you how do you set one documentary do- documentary out from the next? Like, well, there are good documentaries. There's bad documentaries. There's there's a good and bad documentaries, but I think so much does it. Uh, like there's there's still not there's so still, you know what? you're right. I should story. have been more clear when I said good, what not shot like a normal documentary. I meant like there are two types of because you said Werner Herzog, so right. that reminds me that there's more than two types of documentaries. But the two main types I think are the informational documentary where they obviously everyone's got an angle when they make a movie. They want that angle to come through. They want the details to come through in the way that they want them to come through. And they're all about the timeline, the details putting things in the right order so you mm-hmm. can absorb it in an hour when you're sitting there watching the show. Right. Then there's the Werner Herzog that wants to kind of show you a different perspective on something. And maybe maybe different perspectives on something is like the whole point of it. In this case, I feel like the guy wanted to make like a low budget, it was almost like a movie, mm-hmm. but it was based in reality. I mean, I don't know. It could have been totally fake, by the way. It's, uh, no, it's no way it's not fake. That's a that's a one hundred percent real story. I bought and, it, so I didn't I didn't like yeah. look into it to see, but it it certainly would not have been a stretch for that. I think to have if they're gonna fake. make something up and make it fake, they'd make it interesting, because that's like the none of that in there was. Anything. But that could have been the interesting angle that they went at a very low speed and made a movie nah. mirroring what could have actually happened. Who would know? I mean, I guess some people could go check it out, but. It's not like this thing is going to make big enough waves that it's the people checking into it and finding out it's bullshit is going to make its own wave. Right. So he's made, uh, he was an editor and a producer in a lot of other movies. Movies or documentaries? What do you think? Based on what you look at. Uh, These are all looking like documentaries. But uh, editing, but they're they're still like editing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't know. Tells a short story of Peter Weber, the self-declared bad boy of bowling. It also looks, looks like a documentary for a bowler. I see when you're talking about diff, documentary to documentary, it's like com, it's like comparing um, like Renaissance painters. Like they're all painting the same fucking shit. This guy's really good. This guy's kind of sloppy. This guy's lines are straight. This guy's aren't. But then you have this guy come in and he's like making a sculpture. Like he's doing. The same, he's making a piece of art that is a documentary, but he's doing it differently than everyone else. That's that's what I mean. Like everyone, when they're telling, when they're doing a documentary, you've got the same type of documentary from this guy to this guy. Whether one is much better edited and the story, the story is told better through different perspective, it's still like that same thing. Where like this guy had like the actual people reenacting it, doing the lines, and like just the way that he shot it was almost like this kind of movie. It was like this different fluff kind of thing to it which I thought was I thought was really really fucking entertaining and well done if I had to put my finger on that fluff thing that you're talking about was that it was he tried to have suspense like he did not want you to know what's coming up usually you're watching a documentary on honey the fucking mm -hmm. honey industry is fucking coming down so it's got a direction and you know kind of how it's going to end based on how the the filmmaker's perspective starts the thing you know where it's going to go either I fucking hate bad honey or hey we're bad honey we're big honey, right? And you know, because they not, have something they want to say. A lot of yes. documentaries have some have some kind of message, and I think. But a lot of times, do- if they're telling a story, the other side is like if it's Al Capone, you know, Al Capone went to jail at the right. end, so it's leading up to it. There's no suspense. This one, you don't know what the fuck the story was. So I, it was interesting actually. That's mm-hmm. that's I think the angle that you were talking about, and I agreed. It was kind of cool. And it's a story. It is a story. Like they're trying to tell it like this this story as because how many times throughout the documentary they're going. The story isn't mine. The story. The story goes. The t- story's been told. So that's like this whole center word for it. Like they're trying to tell you a tale 
Whereas your documentary on bees is just like, uh, we need bees and Donald Trump's killing them all. Like, that's, there's no Numbers tail. and charts and right. shit. Yeah. There's no tale they're trying to tell you, this yarn. It, they want to give you this experience of sitting down at that campfire and hearing Julian tell you this story of how he found a bag of cocaine in Kalahara, fucking Puerto Rico, and buried it. Like, he wants you to, this time, the, the, the what made them feel so incredible about hearing that story and wanting to go out and actually try to dig up that that bag of cocaine he's trying to give to you in that movie. And it's... I thought it was a really well-done documentary. I would really love to see a documentary or his... This this guy do that same kind of style to, like, other stories, to other uh, document. I want to see other documentaries. Is there him. anything particular that you're thinking that you'd like to see him do a treatment of? Like, what a type of story or, like, something particular? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe a story on bees. <laughs> I want to. I just would be. I want to be really interested. I'm really interested to see if maybe if it was the legend of Cocaine Island that had him take that direction, or and, and is something else going to make him take a similar direction or a different direction? I uh, I don't know. I really I liked I liked the way he shot it, and I would hope that he shoots more more things like that. How did you feel about that's like the mechanics of it? How it was shot? The the how, but the story itself. How did that make you feel? Was that... So I'm going to kind of go out of order here and just say, like, okay. you know, normally at the end we rate the film. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this was a solid fucking C-. minus. Like, we watched it. It wasn't, like, terrible. I wasn't particularly impressed with any aspect of it. The story wasn't fantastical. Mm-hmm. It surprised me. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, a D-, minus because 20 minutes in I was like, fuck this stupid thing. The only thing I did like that redeemed it from being a total shitbag was that there were a couple of twists, and it was like, oh, all right, I did not know how it was going to end until it ended. You didn't know how it was going to end until it fucking ended. Until he gets busted, you don't yeah. know how it's going to fucking end. I, I, right? Well, yeah, I knew how it was going to end right from the beginning because they're making a documentary about it. Nobody do- makes a documentary who doesn't get caught. I don't know, though, because I thought maybe there was just going to be no drugs at all. May- all right, so right. maybe when he gets actually busted, maybe I'm being a little exaggerating there, at the point where he's waiting for the guy to call him back, it was totally plausible that that's how it was going to end. And well, then, they're shooting the documentary from minute sizes double wide, so it's not like he got anything or he did anything. Right. So maybe the guy just <laughs> never came back, because that was a question. Right. So maybe the coke just got... And I went, oh, okay. Well, I knew there had to be something or they wouldn't be making it. If it ended in any of these different places without something fantastical, why... So you were for sure that he went to... G- that he was going to go to jail? No. But just that something big was going to happen. And I knew that he didn't he didn't actually find it because or he didn't succeed because there's a documentary of it. Yeah. And no one's gonna do that unless you're dead, long dead. So there was a part of me that was thinking this is like a big put on and halfway through it they just weren't even gonna find the cocaine mm-hmm. and I was gonna be like I knew, I was then I would have been pissed off if they didn't at least find the cocaine. So I was very uh, at one point my uncle was sitting there watching it too and he he mentioned he's like oh, he's going to get busted by the cops and I I thought about it and I said why I, like it's pretty if you had a multiple choice like which what's going to happen I'm you're know, picking obvious. cops you're picking right. cops right <laughs> but when I said that or when he said that I was like I would I almost hope not I almost hope it, it that he gets in trouble for doing something stupid and that kind of leads him to this because the homeland security and stuff putting that much so that many resources into catching this guy is such a fucking waste 
and is so like, yeah, he needs to be arrested. He needs to be in, get in trouble for importing goods and selling them without taxes and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I get it. Right. But P.S. What the fuck? He didn't even import them. Like that was so right, stupid. Right. So, but, but getting this guy, uh, 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 was not a drug dealer. He wasn't a drug dealer. Like, when you... You don't want to bust the guy that's, like, buying drugs, first of all. You don't want to bust a guy... Why would you want to bust a guy who makes a one-time trade? You... you, you Like they, they, the guys were saying, like, the, the Homeland Security guys were saying, you use this this guy to get to that guy to get to that... I mean, go up the chain until you find the big guy. They're like, this guy was... Somewhere in the distribution thing, not the fucking... Right. They're like, some, left field. This is, you're like, yeah, you're some... They're like, oh, this guy was a unicorn. We had... It. What, what do you mean you had to get this guy? This guy was just gonna do... That doesn't... It's such a waste of resources putting all this money towards well, this guy well, who's only going to do it once, never going to do it again. Time out. You could be like, using that same money. But it was against, seventy pounds. Let me, dude. I understand. I understand. It still doesn't equal out. You can catch this. It's the guy needs to be caught. The guy needs to be caught. But how much money did they spend throwing boats around, paying this guy's hours, doing all this shit oh, yeah, to I'm catch I'm this guy that it was a waste. when they could have used these same two guys to find an actual guy who's like. Bring in boatloads of duffel bags like weekly. Like this guy had one bag buried for twenty years. It's out of the whole fucking system. He's gonna go get it. Maybe it exists. Maybe it doesn't. And right. they're putting effort and like time, money, management that they could be using pointed towards an actual guy who's like bringing in boatloads of shit. Like trying to crack that. It's like it doesn't. Right. Right. It, it's a. I. But to just not even. What I don't are they think supposed to do to like just let it go. That's a little not, bit much. I agree. I 100 percent agree. But it was I a just, total waste. I mean, so they went so far as to the cops actually go and get the fucking cocaine from Puerto Rico, bring it to the guy in a parking lot, wait until he goes and grabs the duffel bag, then they arrest him. And then it's like, what the fuck? How, what are you arresting him for? He told the story. He actually said to the undercover cop, I can't get this. I'm too fat and old to shovel. And he doesn't we, want to do it. And I don't they want keep to do calling it. him. <laughs> like, come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. It's right there. Go get it. I'll help you. Dude, they got the, the... And the thing is, I'm so glad... Like, he shouldn't have even gotten in trouble. You feel a toothless hooker's gums sliding over your ball bag. You take out the crisp $10 bill and send her on her way into the night. The all-new Lincoln Navigator. For anything, dude. It was just a dreamer, a guy who watched too many movies. Wait, so wait, real and quick for the people that haven't that aren't, aren't didn't watch it, aren't going to watch it. That's the crowd we're talking. That's to. That's the crowd we're talking. This to. We're is just so out of a order, guy yeah. who lives. He moved. They they tell his story. He was like a big builder in Florida. Him and his wife were living high on the hog. The crash comes in like oh seven. Wipes out the developers, which it always does. That's mm-hmm. just the fucking life of a developer, boom and bust. They move out to this rural area. He meets this Found guy. Found himself in a, a million dollars in the hole. Right. Which is, yeah, I mean, that's like a fucking common developer's thing, I think. And then uh, he meets this guy who tells a story about how he used to live in Puerto Rico in a bag with 70 pounds of coke washed up. He didn't know what the hell to do with it, so he just buried it because he just yeah, was, it was like decades him out. ago, and it was decades ago. Because this guy, this old guy, it was just some old guy that lived out in the boonies with them, where they moved out in Chula, Florida, which is pretty. It's up over on the east coast, up by like Jacksonville, I guess. So it's yeah. like pretty close. And this guy, uh, yeah, he was the old guy who used to live in Puerto Rico in a trailer, and found this coke, buried it, moved back to the U.S., and was living out in the boonies with them. So they'd all get together and. They were like, dude, Julian's got this fucking story. He tells it like every, every, all right, Julian, we get it. You found a bag of cocaine, whatever. Well, this guy that, you know, it's a million dollars in the fucking hole. 
He's our guy like, that goes out and does stuff. He's a developer that was like, this is what I do. I'm not just going to listen to the story. He right. actually goes to try and track it down. He felt like he was really close. They did a lot of legwork to show that he found like a guy that would be able to deal it for him if he did find it. Right. Then he found a guy, the big guy that was going to help him get it into the country, mm-hmm. like a like a car, you know, like a bigger level drug deal that had like a plane, like a cartel, fly yeah, like back. shit that doesn't really exist. You right. Know? <laughs> so so he had the whole thing set. He meets these two guys. They go down to get it. There's the guy that was his sidekick was a, just a weird rando fucking thing. Well, so yeah, his his dad. Uh, or sorry, his dad. I'm saying um, the story. It's his name is Rodney. Ronnie has a wife and a daughter, and I guess his. I don't know if it was his daughter's friend or just like this. It was a younger guy, and she was explaining how her dad always used to pick up like uh, strays, like kind of a guy that needed work or something, whatever it was. It become friends with him and became friends with this guy. Who he was like, ah, he just had a personality, you know. You couldn't say no to him. He's just an interesting guy. You wanted him around, and he would always give him odd job work. He could never really put him on a job site to hurt himself or someone else, because he's so fucking out of his mind. They're talking to this guy in a tattoo shop, dude, and you can tell he's just high on fucking something everything. all the time, every week. They're like, you know, they're like, he's like, uh, one of the first thing you hear him say, he's like, uh, yeah, he was on some drugs. No, I don't have a drug problem. I do a lot of drugs. Do, but do a lot ain't of drugs. No problem. But ain't a problem. <laughs> I've done a lot of drugs. I mean, I've done more than most, but uh, it ain't a problem. And then, and then later on in the fucking documentary, they fly down to Puerto Rico and they're like, uh, yeah, so what's his name? Forgot his medicine. Yeah, I found out he was using for recreational purposes. So the next day, you know, by the next morning, he was sick and useless. It's like, clearly it's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> That's a fucking problem, buddy. Yeah. Messing up your treasure hunt. Yeah. Dude, it's the thing. Like, there were so many little bits that saved them from getting in trouble and the fucking government just pushed. So that was so. So they, they put have, together so they all this went stuff. Went to Puerto Rico. Went to Puerto Rico with a map and all that shit. They were pretty sure they were. Right this on guy top gets of it. sick because he doesn't. He's all high on heroin all the time and doesn't have anything to ease him off when he gets there. So the next day he's sick like a dog. He's puking. So he can't do anything. And Rodney's left to go find this fucking bag of this duffel bag on his own. So it's like if this guy wasn't sick and maybe had his fucking heroin, they might have been able been able to find it. When you look at the evidence, like, I can see, like, the the trial must have been, like, so the first time you flew to Puerto Rico, your your sidekick, well, you guys just didn't have a shovel. I think that was the first time. You guys didn't even have a shovel. You couldn't find a shovel in Puerto Rico, like... Uh, That is correct, Your Honor. Fucking pretty weak. And that might be what they're saying now. thank you, Your Honor. Maybe that's now what they've been saying to make their case strong. Like, we we had no chance again. Then they go back again. That's when he's dope sick. And they said, we got the shovel, but it was just... No, they only went once. They went twice. He only went down there one time. He went down there with a shovel. Yeah. He, did, he went He couldn't. He went and looked at the spot. I'm telling you, he only went one time. Dude, they went two times. No, they didn't. I swear to you. One time, they time. didn't even have a shovel. And they they only, the no, the they second didn't. time they went back and it was he, too, the, the soil was too tough, they, could, they didn't break anything. They, he said, we shoveled for like hours and we made no progress. We said, fuck this. Okay. So I think... I, I think the second time was the time he was dope sick. The first time, they were just... I thought the first time he was he was dope sick, dope sick, and the second time he couldn't they couldn't dig. They were out there. First together. time he was dope sick. Right. Second time, they the two dig. of them are just useless dickheads. Dude, see that's just you're at that. Yeah, you're right. I I I don't know why I merged them fucking together. I think it was because I kept leaving the room. But the two but attempts like, were so useless. Like these guys were never gonna get these. It's like drugs. the dude. Think about all the things, and then they even said, and then the second time they came back, they as soon as they got off the plane, the whole plane got fucking ripped down and stripped. Look, they were looking for drugs. Oh, drug yeah. dogs. That's because they were already being watched. 
Like, and then they said that was it, man. Like, there could not have been, any, been more signals from the universe telling them to stop. And they fucking listened. They said, yeah, you're right. We went down there. He gets too sick. Went down there. We can't dig. You know, we're not meant for... Then, yeah, with yeah. The, then they fucking searched the planet. We're not meant for this stuff. He said he called it off. He said, nope, not doing it. I don't want to do it. But then every fucking day is phone bang it says carlos by the guy who had the plane which we learn later is the undercover cop undercover cop. and they're calling the shit out of him saying he's gonna do it so then finally the guy he's says, making it easier for him he's, he's like you don't even gotta go down there just tell me where it is i'll go get it now, come on man and so then, at that point that's where i at that point i'm like okay this is how this ends because mm-hmm. you're right the guy is in his double line so if he went to jail for 70 pounds of coke Everything he's in is going to be behind bars or like in fucking orange outfit. Yep. But he's sitting in his lounge doing chair. doing the interview through glass. Yeah. So clearly he doesn't go to jail. So what's the out for this guy? Either they don't find anything or once you hear this guy Carlos is like, give me the map. I'll go get it. Then you're like, oh, okay. So now this is a fucking idiot that finds it and gives it to this guy and then he's gone. Mm-hmm. That's, Either... Obviously that was your thought. Why would this guy ever... Come give back him. and give this guy the drugs. Why the fuck would he do Because he's a businessman, Greg. Because if I did, did business like that, I'd be out of business. I'd be out what of business. You fucking, what? You mean the guy that fucking does illegal, sells illegal yeah. drugs? Yeah. yeah, if you screw the guy that's in your distribution chain, yes. Some jack-off that can't even dig the... Hey, free profit. I'm just gonna. You think I'm gonna go out there and dig up free profit? So then the guy calls him later. He he thinks he's never gonna hear from him again. He's like, God damn it! I knew the guy was gonna fuck me over. It was funny actually how he was like, I felt so bad because the guy finally does call me and he comes through and he's like, I felt so bad for doubting him and he was such a good guy. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Did he see he bent him over? This guy just got fucking raked. I love how it starts out. The the whole thing starts out and he's like. We grew up poor. There's Rodney. He's like, we grew up poor. My uh, my dad was a hard worker. He worked just about every single every single job that there was. He had worked, but uh, you know, he wasn't a businessman, so he got worked over a bunch. Jesus, <laughs> 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 and he's like, but not me though. I didn't, you know. <laughs> well, he did good in business. This is kind of a weird deal. I mean, anytime you get out of your element, like into something like this, you're gonna get fucked, dude. You're not gonna walk into a middle of a bunch of pros and walk away doing okay, and then. Yeah. It, it maybe if he actually got the drugs and got it to that guy that wore the mask the whole time. But like that's the, the guy that fucked him. Well, they both fucked him. Everyone he got involved. The guy with, with the mask. So you understand how he got fucked, right? Yeah, the guy in the mask is the one that put him onto the cops. Got arrested before any of this before any started. of this happened and turned him onto the cops. Because but then the were... other guy he was dealing with was that guy Carlos, who was the cop. So there was two people: the guy that turned him onto the cops and the cops. There was no one else like right. in the drug world that was like no. There was no one, he was never in the drug world. Right. The entire time he was just being puppeted by a guy who wanted to get off. To be honest, he was just talking about it. You can't, there's no, you can't get in trouble for having people over talking about stuff. Right. They can talk about how to sell drugs all day right now. Nobody can fucking arrest us. Right. And that's all he did. This fucking jag off just happened to know him, got arrested, and then was like, hey, I know a guy who's going to go dig up some cocaine. No, he's not. He was never going to do it. Unless... Unless some fictitious fucking character from, like, a movie floated into his life and was like, I got airplanes, we're gonna go fucking down, we're gonna dig it up. A guy that doesn't even fucking exist floated, which did, because this guy got arrested for 136 fucking Oxycontin and was facing, like, life. And was like, uh, hey, um, I know a guy who's gonna dig it up. He's like, are you sure he's gonna, yeah, of course he's gonna dig it up. We'll, we'll set this whole thing up. Yeah, and that's probably a big point, Literally too. They didn't really touch much up. on, they didn't touch much on that in the movie, but if... 
That guy doesn't put him onto the guy with the plane. He probably it doesn't never, even fly down there. Never would have flown down there. Maybe for a vacation. The whole time he's just getting close, being like. So, but what did actually happen is the guy, did, this guy, what was the guy's name? The main character, Rodney. Rodney, Rodney and his and his sidekick do fly down twice, to no avail. They come back, and then the undercover cop badges them until they give him the map. He disappears for a certain amount of time. Then he calls back and says, "Hey, I found it." And he's like, "Holy shit! The guy's gonna bring me sixty out of the seventy kilos or whatever." Because whatever his cut was going to be, my cut goes up two kilos because I'm doing all the... You fucking kilos. That's so it. stupid. I know. And he's he like, meets ah, him at a bait shop. I was using the word keys. You know, I was in. I was being all... I was in. Gangster-like. Oh, poor guy. And, and then he meets the guy in the parking lot, and he the guy goes and gets the Coke, and as soon as he puts it in his truck, there's like a hundred little laser scope things on him, and he gets arrested. And then there's not much left to the movie after that, except they say that the judge realizes how much... The level of entrapment where they literally got the coke, brought it to the guy. The coke would have never came into the U.S. if it wasn't for the United States government. (laughs) But for taking the coke out of that trunk and putting it in his truck, and obviously he had an intent to distribute at that point when they gift-wrapped it to him, Mm -hmm. he went to jail for like... 60 days. 60 days. And then he had to do five years. Of community Five years of Habitat for Humanity. That seemed excessive. No way. Because it was like 10 hours a week. he He dodged mandatory minimums. Dude, he was supposed to. He was supposed to go to jail for ten years, mandatory minimum. But the judge waived all that because he fell into the scope of uh, first time offense, never having any uh, um, like all this. Uh, he named it. So like I being, get it, but like, white, but if you uh, were actually like a drug dealer, then you're going away for ten years. Right. If you weren't, then you're not going away for ten years. If they realize it was all entrapment, but then they gave him five years of community service. I thought that was just a little bit much. Five, ten hours a week is gonna fuck with someone's life. That's a lot of. Community it was twenty service. hours, wasn't it? It, it, maybe it was, too. It was a lot. Yeah. And it worked out. The guy was like, hey, I was just so happy to not be a fucking criminal and all that shit. 60 days in jail, kind of a big deal for anybody. I can't, you know, I wouldn't want to do 60 days. But anyway, I, it was an interesting story. I don't think it was like, uh, it, it was very clear that the cops did entrap him. If it was a real story, which it very well could have been. And, uh, you know, it was kind of shot in a documentary style. They did a lot of, like, cheesy reenactment, which I thought was kind of funny. I love it, yeah. I thought it was a, it's definitely a real documentary it's definitely a real story okay <laughs> you're so skeptical about it <laughs> that is uh i yeah i enjoy it and i agree with your assessment on the thing i wouldn't put it on must watch i really really just enjoyed it for the sake of like our podcast because i knew this is going to be a good segment like this is this, that's the kind of thing that sparks conversation and something fun to talk about because i started talking about it last night with my family and whatnot. And then other people started bringing up their own personal stories. Like a, uh, my sister's friend has a friend who got him re- arrested for like something super similar, entrapment with like driving a hundred. She was like basically turned out to be a patsy for like two or three other people. It's like if you're friends with somebody who gets, um, if you're friends with somebody who gets in uh, a trouble, like you better bet that they are going to try to send you up the river. If they have to, they if will, they for, sure. for sure. For yeah. sure. So it's like, yeah, yeah, man. But um, it is a... Uh, I thought it was really, really entertaining and fun to watch. But I wouldn't. I would say watch it if it's there. Definitely watch it if it's there. It's not a don't go do something else. But uh, if it's there, if somebody wants to put it on, I'd say watch it because it's probably going to be fun to talk about. Something to, uh, fun to... How would you? Where would you put it? Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Yeah, 
I so I'm not saying I would recommend it, but definitely if you're hanging around and someone's like, you want to be and put it on? Just like, the yeah. story wasn't that compelling for me. Like, I don't care about any of the people in it. The guy was a fucking right. idiot. Of course, but the now... The fucking stoner kid that was with him, fucking idiot. All, All the people in it, But isn't no it fun redeeming. to talk about it? Like, if I was sitting there watching it with a couple, like my, my dad and my uncle, so it was... I was fun for us to talk about it. And, if, and so I, if that movie comes up for me at all, ever, it I would quickly be moving into like my overall thought on like drug and you know crime and drugs and like what should be illegal in the sentence. You know, I wouldn't have much to say about the movie because it just really wasn't that good. Dog shit movie from Greg. Dog shit. Let's uh, see if the very next movie is something that Greg's uh, also going to think is dog shit. And it's we should pick something titillating, like Homecoming with Beyonce. Perfect. That fills the bill. Fills the bill. Uh, that'll definitely titillate and stimulate, or hopefully. I mean, he might also think that was dog shit. So next time, everybody, we're going to uh, be talking about Homecoming, the Netflix original on Netflix. Check that out on episode 87, Jump Back. And if you guys want to also be a part of the conversation... You send your thoughts to roadsodamail at gmail.com. Again, that's roadsodamail at gmail.com. And if you do that, go ahead and uh, slap your mailing address on there because we have a special gift for you for your participation. And it's a Millennial Book Club postcard. It will go directly to your front door, a Millennial Book Club postcard. Greg is holding one up and showing it right now, so just go ahead and take a look at it. But it is pretty cool, and we have a couple different postcards uh, that you guys can can receive, and we love to send those, personalize them, and send them to you. So, again, roadsodamail at gmail.com, your thoughts on the Millennial Book Club, and your mailing address. Last call. You're filing for bankruptcy. The lawyer said stop spending cut up the credit cards and he'll help you with the judge. It doesn't have to end yet though. When it's closing time at the bar, they turn on the lights to tell you there's time for one more round. Let us turn on that light for you. Last Call. Last Call is the app that makes sure you don't leave any of your hard-earned spending potential on the table. Sure, the gold card is no good anymore, but how about that gas card or that Macy's card? That boat they're gonna repossess? Did someone say unexpected theft and or fire? And you'd be surprised how much we can get you for your identity. You don't need it, you're about to go bankrupt. Last Call can help you turn these opportunities into cash. Don't be victimized by lost opportunity. Our team of Jewish lawyers are standing by to help you buy that last round. Because this closing time is gonna last seven to 10 years. Last call. This one's on the house. A Popco brand. So it's Easter today. Happy Easter, Isaiah. Happy Easter to you too. Are you doing that on purpose to me? Yeah, because I would like to. You this know, is, I'm. This is a little segment that I think we've been kind of trying to hammer out. We're going to call it the. What do, what do you want to call it? You, the road soda. Soapbox. Soapbox. It's on Easter. Easter started with me. Actually, probably like two weeks ago, because my wife makes a big deal about we're going to go eat somewhere, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with that. I like that. I like to get the kids dressed up, make them put their... She does their hair like like aspic, like not a single hair is going to move, and she puts them in these outfits that they wouldn't otherwise wear. It's got to be like a seersucker pants or like a bow tie or just the dorkiest shit. You got to do it I long like enough it. when you can 
you know, before they, you can't physically force him to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. And we're getting to the end of the line with my oldest. He's yeah. a couple more. Actually, he <laughs> he's likes got, to be he's dapper. Got a good swing on him now. He least. likes to be dapper, so he'll probably only fight her on principle in a couple of years, but he'll still be dapper. Right. The youngest is like, I don't give a shit about any of this, but so it's nice because they there's a little bit of false authority that comes with it's Easter. Okay, mm-hmm. stop fucking around. It's just fucking Easter. Right. Then last night we do all this stuff. So for this morning, you know, there can still be something going on. My kid, my oldest went to, he's in seventh grade. He went to watch uh, horror movies. Like the, the four kids get together at one of the kids' house. They watch horror movies regularly. And my wife was talking to the mom whose house it was. And she was like, are you, you doing the fucking Easter thing? Good, you know. And, and then my wife's response was, well, we still got the younger guy. He's a few years younger. So, and she was like, oh, all right. Well, good for you. You're a fucking, you know, good mom. I'm fucking done with it. Mine's in seventh grade. Which I was like, you know, these are like little spices that go into my little, what do I think about Easter, uh, little spice Mm -hmm. thing. So when I say Easter, these are the things that come to the grave. Yes. Another one is, I got up this morning early, and I was going to go to Starbucks, and I was like, fuck, does Starbucks close for Easter? Nah. That would have pissed me off. No, Starbucks doesn't give a shit about Easter. Starbucks doesn't give a shit about Easter, which I like. So here's my thoughts on Easter. Easter is a religious holiday. I I know a little bit about it. I know that Lent... I like to think about these things so that I understand, like, the mechanics. Like, why do they have it? It, Like, in the beginning of March, Mm -hmm. Lent begins, where people are supposed to, you know, repent for their sins and blah, 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 and give something up. Mm -hmm. It can mean a million things, right? I kind of understand the Lent thing. When Lent ends, you got Good Friday... And then you got Easter Passover. on Sunday and Passover. I don't understand Passover as much. I barely understand Easter, but I do know that like the Last Supper happened like right before Easter. Good Friday is when he goes up on the hill and they. Well, the kill Last him. Supper was Passover dinner. That's what they were eating. Okay. So Jesus was a Jew, and they were they were celebrating Passover at the Last Supper the night before. Bam! So that always happens. You know, the end Lent ends. I think they work the dates out. So Lent ends right before that. The Last Supper, Passover, they call it like Monday Monday or some fucking thing in old Christianity. Then he gets killed. Then he rises from the dead on Sunday and we have the fucking... Greg held up quotes when he said that. I held up quotes. Yeah, I have some doubts. He put up air quotes when he rose up from the dead. Now, I don't... So there are old stories. And for me, 2,000 years ago, obviously it was a different time. For me, I understand the necessity for religion. Organized religion served a purpose. It helped the masses... They didn't know anything. Not that we know much right now, but in 2019, I feel like we have a decent handle on a fair amount versus 2,000 years ago of, like, the world around us. This, the, At least, if you do this, this will happen. Wash your hands. We know how to perform certain surgeries. We're fighting some diseases. We can use electricity to light shit, heat shit, all these different things. There's obviously there's, there's negative byproducts, and there's a lot of things that we don't know, like the little microverse stuff, I feel, is the next... 200 years they're going to learn about quarks and like at a lower level and be like why the fuck would anyone be touching that mm-hmm. and then eating within 48 hours when the quarkosphere is fucking off the charts for a set we just don't know that shit right but when we compare ourselves to 2000 years ago i get that the church i'm sure it was kind of a power grab but also it served a purpose to help keep people in line don't do this people are dying they didn't have the my wife does this with the kids don't do that it'll hurt your mother why are you fucking saying that? I don't know, because I don't want them to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they'll believe me if I just say, don't do that, because they'll get your hands dirty. Then you put them in your mouth, and you're going to get sick. Right. That's too much to say, and I don't think they'll give a shit. So I say, 
don't do that. Your mother will get really sick. Okay. Right. It's bullshit in the in the guise of, I want to help you out. Yeah. That's kind of how I see the beginning of religion. And there was also bad guys, because there's bad guys and everything, trying to, like, you know, man- manipulate things. But now here we are in 2019, and I feel like organized religion, all of them, I'm not picking out any specific one, is kind of becoming a vestige of civilization. I feel like... I hope maybe it's just hopeful, wishful thinking, but I feel like in a hundred years we won't need any of those training wheels of of religion. I think about these things on you know the big religious holidays, Easter being one of them. I like the chocolate and that we get to buy the kids little presents and shit like that. And when you have little kids, I mean, you had little kids here today. You know, well, fucking a, anything that's going to allow you to have little kids be happy and running around and it's a chance to get people together. Well, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't want Easter to go. I have nothing against Easter. And I don't even have anything against people buying into the whole story, whether it was the Passover thing or the whatever the fuck you... But I don't know. I just would kind of like to see people move beyond that as a a people because if you're believing the story... If my kid... If my wife consistently was telling my kids, don't do this or your mother's going to get hurt, don't do this or the guy next door is going to get AIDS, don't do this or... That's not a fucking way to live. And I kind of... That's how I see organized religion is a bunch of stories being told in a non-truthful manner, to get people to do good things. I wish right. we could just drop that and just say, don't be a fucking asshole because nobody will like you. Or If everyone did this, then it would fuck everybody. Mm-hmm. So let's do this and, and be more straightforward about it. You know, That's yeah. like kind of where I come at with Easter. What are your, what are your Easter thoughts? My Easter thoughts are I, pretty similar. I mean, um, as, but are you asking my Easter thoughts or are you asking my religion thoughts? So... I don't know. I, you could go either way with it. Because my Easter thoughts are the same. I love every chance and every reason for uh, for the family to get together, for uh, to have these little little fun experiences where you're, you're painting the eggs and you're hiding the eggs and the kids get up. Like um, it's interesting. I, I didn't even think about that because you know my son was just born. He's too young to even do that stuff. But my my sister and her kids were here, <clears throat> and you know perfect egg. Perfect egg, years. perfect egg hunting years, and they, you know, the night before, uh, you know, so last night they pull out the paws, you know, and they start. I'm like, and I see that, and I'm like, I wonder if my kid was like, I, I was like, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about that a couple minutes ago because my age and I, you know, my kid's still so young. I wasn't even thinking about that, but I got so excited seeing it and knowing that the kids were gonna do it, and I was like, it just, I obviously for it's like I'm not gonna do it because that's fucking boring and stupid, right? I'm like 20, uh, 27 years old, but these little kids, I, you love seeing them do that and experience that and color their eggs and doing the whole thing. So for me, it's like all that stuff. I don't care what we're doing. It breaks up the monotony of your fucking day. Like, ah, we have a special dinner here. We do this, we do that. I love all of it. And as far as like the religion thing, I, you know, I really agree, I think, but it's, it's also where like, uh, this species of animals that's like cursed with such a widespread of where people lay in, whether it's just, uh, like mentality, I don't want to say like I guess it's just intelligence, really. Like there are some people, I think for a m- most part, the way you're speaking, the way you're explaining it, like yeah, it's mostly just for training wheels. People, most people sit in that middle place where you are and where I am, where it's like we get it, we know that it's it is for like a training wheels thing. It's a thing to teach, uh, to give us some guidance. And there's people way on far one end that are literal, that, that are very literalist, and there's people on the other end that are like. They're just like militantly against religion and every one of the teachings and all that kind of stuff. It's like, look, man, to, to look at it and say that there isn't, there isn't not a necessity, but definite utility to what's happening with religion is fucking ignorant, stupid as shit. Like there's definite utility 
to that and to whether it's uh, you take it literal, which is like you shouldn't be taking it literal, but there's great messages on how to live. And of course, you have to look at it with an eye of 2019. It's like you can eat pork, man. It's not going to give you fucking trigonosis and you can eat shellfish now. You can do these things now. Like there's no reason to continue doing it that way. And you don't have to have five wives. That's one of my favorite little... examples of the pork. Because right. 2,000 years ago, they were like, people, we're not bringing the same money we were because people are getting into this pork craze and they're dying. What are they're we going to do? God said, do not eat pork. I got it. Uh, and then they were like, no we're, still, we're still doing pork, but we know we got to fucking clean it and fucking cook it right. But for the, you know, right. And it's because they were too stupid. They Perfect didn't even... example of that sideways bullshit right. for the power of good. But we're not there anymore. So like, they don't even. They didn't even know why they weren't eating it. They just knew that you ate it and it hurt you. But now we know the mechanics. We know what it is about these things. Like for shellfish, it was now that we can farm raise it and and harvest it in places. Like we know what's in there. We know we have. Uh, we know that there's. You know, there's always always some kind of risk with like parasites and stuff and like how you prepare it. But back in the day, when you're just picking these things up, there was no way. To, to for you to look at it, smell it, taste it, that would let you know that it was harmful. So it was just a widespread, do not fucking eat it. Just don't eat the shellfish because there's no way to know if you're going to get sick from it or not. And well, so it makes sense. There, these were during times, these religions, these things happened when there was a, there was a massive bottleneck in, um, in human population. Like that's, whether you want to agree of what it was, whether it was some mass extinction due to some kind of disease or something, or there was a, a massive, there was a meteor that hit the earth like 12,000 years ago, that ended the ice age and wiped people out. There's a bottleneck. So all these birthing religions that came around the same time are based heavily in fertility, like pagan religions almost, but are based around like fertility because... There was like nobody around. Everyone was dead, and they just want that. You need people. We need people, and people were the the birth weights were crazy. People were just being born and dying, dying, uh, dying from giving birth. Oh my god! So yeah, for every, all the time until very recently. Right. So okay. everything they can, and and still to this day in certain places in the world. And if it wasn't for the the internet, honestly, honestly, the internet is is making Africa fucking boom to where now those death rates and whatnot are, are bouncing up because they were giving them the access to the internet and they can, uh, you know, they, they have more knowledge now on like viruses and bac bacteria and how to avoid them, how to keep things clean. Even at the base level, obviously it's not like they're going to learn how to do surgery and stuff uh, unless they go to, like, they're going to go to school. But like just the base level person that's living at home, cooking and cleaning now having access to the internet. Now, Oh, you know, I should be cooking and cleaning this way. I shouldn't be mixing these things. I shouldn't be cutting this on this. It's going to, it could make me sick. Like that stuff helps, but they, you know, so when these when these things were, uh, when these religions were being birthed, that's why everything was based around how many fucking no contraceptive. Do not wrap your fucking. You know what? It's such so bad. God doesn't even want you to wrap your dick. That's how badly they want kids. So every fuck's got to be a fuck that's gonna stick, and and uh, you can't eat that because there's a chance it might fucking kill you. Don't even touch it. Everything was based around trying to. Keep and then of course the rules outside of that we're trying to keep things harmonious. You know, living and however people uh, and however people um, took that. Some people took it to different extremes, but at the base, that's what it's for: is to make the population more, keep people, in keep order. people, keep people in order, and get more of us so we can fucking come back from this devastation that we just had, where like half the fucking planet was wiped off, was wiped out by by these things. And that's you know there is you know if they look at they look at the uh, the DNA record there absolutely was like 
almost 10,000 years ago, however many, a couple hundred, couple thousand generations back, where everyone's fucking DNA bottlenecked down into like this, this very small group of people, and we all have all now come back from that. It's really interesting stuff, and it's like it's such an interesting perspective, or not interesting, but it's I, that's such that's a much better perspective I feel on on religion, and I think you know a lot of people have that, a lot of people have that understanding. But there's just too many people in the world to get any everyone in one spot. As soon as you get every people, everybody in this spot, there's gonna be this percentage is gonna be in that spot, and this percentage is gonna be in that spot, and it's just. I just I feel like you know it's, the hope for me is that I, definitely not gonna happen in my lifetime or my kid's lifetime. But you know this tradition, right? People want to do what their father did. I watched the NFL. I'm sure because when I was a little kid, I got sat down on the couch and we were watching the NFL. You know, people don't eat pork. They know they can eat pork and it's safe now. Maybe they even know pork is good, but they don't eat it because their dad didn't eat it in the grand. That's right. what they do. I get that. There's, there's a level of tradition. I think when it goes too far, definitely the literalists that you were talking about fuck everything up. That's yeah. just wrong. When you, and then there's also a chunk of people, I think, that, I don't know, they lean too hard on non-realistic things. I guess that would be my hope is that, but I'm not saying we have to get rid of it. There's all kinds of things that are not functional or efficient for society that we should definitely have. Football, for Christ's sakes. Like praying cancer away. Like praying cancer away is, right? If it, It's okay that you want to pray for cancer, but don't think that it's actually having an effect other than on your own feeling towards it or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a bad example because psychosomatic shit is a real phenomenon. It does help. You know, so, changing someone's outlook, especially the person that's in has cancer... Making them feel like they're getting better. Yeah, because you're just a mass of chemicals. Right. So if you can get shit flowing in the right direction, that, that might be a bad example. But like when people don't give their kids medication or like... Don't vaccinate their kids. Yeah, shit, that's, <laughs> that's shit that we know that there's a real impact right. that far exceeds the psychosomatic benefit of the other alternative. Come on. You you're know right, I mean? yeah. Just it's like, just, yeah, those... Because there are religion... Uh, like Jehovah Witnesses, they don't, they don't take like medications. They don't take them to like yeah. hospitals. It's like that is... It, it's there was a, in a book that I read. Hospitals a long time are ago, the devil, Bobby. I think it was Sam uh, Kinison. Oh, what the hell was the name of the book? It basically, I think it was called The End of Islam, maybe, where he was saying Harris. It's moderates. Yes, thank you, Sam Harris. The moderates are the problem because if you have a billion Catholics out there and there's a small group of militant literalists that are doing bombing shit and shooting people and keeping these things alive. It gives them a little bit more credibility because they're just, well, they're just the extremists in a huge group. If there were no moderates and it was just this wacky group of people doing shit, there's no, society has no toleration for that shit. No. Same thing with Islam. There's a billion, there's more than a billion Muslims. Mm -hmm. Very small percentage of them are like the terrorists or whatever. And it's not prudent to go after that, those people because it can't be, we just don't have the minds to separate Muslims, a billion Muslims living out, you know, productive, well-meaning lives and this tiny, tiny percentage of literalists, whatever, that are in every religion. If your religion is that Nike Kool-Aid religion where there's only like 500, you're all hardcore, uh, you know, militant. I want to get in on the Nike Kool-Aid. The Nike, well, remember that they were called Heaven's Gate mm -hmm. and they bought shoes and then they all drank the poison and they got into their cots and they all died because they were waiting for a spaceship or whatever. Those guys took care of themselves. But if they were like shooting people or doing shit, there's no toleration for that. Society clamps the fuck down on that and gets rid of it. And I just kind of, I don't want to be that militant on, on people's traditions and stuff like that. I don't mm -hmm. think there's a need. It's just those hardcore cells that are working against 
the rest of fucking humanity in this push forward. And I just, I would love to see in a hundred years, that's my hope, hundred years, two hundred years or whatever, it's gone. It's just the vestige that it is. And there's still Easter and there's chocolate and some people want to do stuff, but I don't know, don't let the churches have, they don't have to pay taxes or, yeah. or this thing with the Catholic church, this 700 pound gorilla, fucking come on, man. 700 pound gorilla. Yeah, man, this, this can't be happening with the fucking diddling. Oh. This is a huge deal. It's not the, the diddling is a huge problem, but almost for me, it's getting worse that the world lets this continue. Did you know that the no, that Notre Dame was not insured? Yeah. Well, How is that not insured? How is that not an insurance thing? That's interesting. I mean, they're going to be able to rebuild it with no problem. So why pay insurance for seven hundred years when you know if it burned, you got gold that you could just fucking. Well, the people are donating millions. Like over half a billion dollar was donated. Of course. Instantly. It's like, yeah, do they fucking need it? There you go, your money, dude. You already tithed, like, how much of your fucking They already had three Nazi paintings coming out of the basement to pay, and they went, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, we can't, please, thank you for your offer. it wasn't insured, after all. A plaque and a brick will be put up in the atrium (laughs) for you, uh, brother. Thank you, brother, thank you. It's fucking Quasimodo. Like, they were, you know what they would do? They're gonna automate the bells. Quasimodo, you fucking take my job, you motherfucker. (laughs) Set that whole bitch on fire. Erased all their kitty diddling hard drives up in the fucking, uh, up in the, the bell tower. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. Remember, if you want a listener appreciation postcard, send your mailing address to roadsodamail at gmail.com. We send out really awesome postcards. We haven't shown anybody what they look like on social media just yet, but we will once more people have the postcard so we don't spoil it for you because we want you to get it and for it uh, to be a surprise for you. Also, watch Homecoming on Netflix for the Millennial Book Club segment on 87. Write your thoughts to roadsodamail at gmail.com and if you do that, you get a completely different postcard. Isn't that nuts? Thank you guys. Have a great week.